Welcome back, Bayside. They're taking school spirit. The fun just getting started. To the max. This is going to be awesome. Saved by the Bell. New season streaming now. Let's do this, baby. Only on Peacock. Whatever you're funny, Peacock's got it exclusively. Stream classic sitcoms like The Office, Parks and Recreation, and Two and a Half Men. Plus, catch Peacock original comedies like AP Bio and Saved by the Bell. For all your exclusive comedy faves, go to PeacockTV.com and get started. When I think of what I've learned over this year, as the calendar turns over to 2021, when I think of Amanda and the kids, I realize that's exactly what pro wrestling is. It's a community. It's not just a sport. It is a community. When the chips are down, we support each other. We love each other. Men and women from all over the world brought together by this one thing that we love. And tonight we come together again to rage against the dying of the light, to celebrate a great human being whose legacy, I hope, inspires us all to be a little bit better of a person every single day. To appreciate the people we love around us every single day. To appreciate stop and smell the roses every single sunset, every sunrise, every day. I know I will. Because every day is a gift. Every day is special. And every day that I got to spend with Brody was just all the more special. And I'm grateful for that. I love you, brother. And I'll never forget you. It's still really me, damn it, damn it. Welcome to this week's edition of the Still Real to Us Show, episode number 570 for January 14th, 2021. Welcome to this week's edition of SRTU. I'm one half the show. I am Jeff Peck, joined every single week by my co-host, the one only Dr. Trey Franklin. Dr. Trey, do you want to address the rumors that you were in the Capitol riots now or later, my friend? See, I, I'm I'm really upset about this. Like, I went there in a full fledged San Diego chicken costume, but no, the guy with the freaking ox horns on his head—that's who gets all the TV time. Me running out around in a giant chicken suit—I get nothing. Just goes to show you, there's a media bias against chickens. I really hope someone from the FBI is not scanning this podcast, <laughs> thinking that they've got some sort of hot tip, and then they go and listen, and it's like, oh, it's just a guy saying he was dressed up as a San Diego chicken. Uh, the fact is, uh, anybody under the age of thirty does get that reference. Uh, I think the the San Diego Chicken was at WrestleMania, right? Wasn't it Pete Rose? Yeah, Pete Rose and Kane. Yeah, so so- I had to tie it all in back into wrestling. Now, was that uh, that must have been the WrestleMania that was out on the West Coast, like WrestleMania two thousand? I, I think. I think it was whichever one was the last one in L.A. Was that 2000? I think 2000 was the one where uh, Pete Rose got like a stink face from Rikishi. So then okay. I, what he, so they did it for like three. It was like WrestleMania 14 was the first one. He was like the guest ring announcer. 15, I think, was the San Diego Chicken. And then 16 was the uh, infamous WrestleMania 2000. They did not call it WrestleMania 16. Yeah. They called it WrestleMania 2000. And it was at, uh, I want to say, in Anaheim. I remember our old pal... Chris Cause, who used to do the podcast, the uh, the Wheelhouse with me, he actually went to that WrestleMania, and I'm I'm pretty sure, fifteen. So wait, fourteen was at Boston. Fifteen. There was one other in Safeco, wasn't it? There's one in Petco. That was nineteen. Okay. Yeah, this is nine- your expertise. Like you're the historian of our show. 
Yeah, I'm, now you could hear me typing away. We did not expect that a joke about the Capitol riots. Uh, it was Pennsylvania was really? WrestleMania 15. I'm pretty sure San Diego Chicken was at WrestleMania 15. It was. was WrestleMania it? 15, San Diego Chicken came out, uh, and Kane later revealed that it was Pete Rose. And that was like the trilogy, which led to Pete Rose being in the WWE Hall of Fame. All it took was three appearances and three tombstones and a stink face. And you get in the WWE Hall of Fame. It's like as if we have uh, the current president of the United States in the WWE Hall there of Fame, go. Dr. Trey. There you go. Tying it all in. back in. Everything Ti- ties into wrestling. Tying it all back in. Life is wrestling. I think that's one thing that we've certainly learned in recent weeks and months and years, potentially. Life is, without a doubt, professional wrestling. Um, so we're back here. Uh, thank you for everybody who's been downloading the uh, holiday programming schedule. Uh, over the last couple of weeks, the last three shows have been part of our holiday programming. I uh, hope everybody had a nice New Year's, Christmas, uh, what have you. Uh, this is the the first time that Dr. Trey and I have been back covering regular professional wrestling on a weekly basis in, in the last three weeks. Um, obviously, we, we put the shows that we did, the award show, the previous show in the can. Uh, unfortunately, we also had to do a, a show in the middle, a bonus show. Uh, in tribute and honor of uh, John Huber, a.k.a. Brody Lee, a.k.a. Luke Harper, uh, in the middle of that as well. And uh, today's edition of the show will be a lot of the things that we missed in the last couple of weeks here uh, as we've kicked off 2021. I, I would say thankfully, but some of the things that we've seen, in, at least in the last first four, or the, excuse me, the first 14 days of this year uh, may not make me want to say thankfully. Uh, Dr. Trey, let's start right there. I mentioned the Brody Lee honor and tribute that we did. Uh, days later, uh, AW Dynamite did a Brody Lee tribute show, and uh, it was a beautiful tribute. It was a very special show. Um, I already have respect for AEW as an organization, the way they have handled this. And I know it's out there a lot more because of social media and what um, John Huber, Brody Lee's wife, Amanda Huber, has been posting. But they've done phenomenal things. For the Huber family, uh, most really recently, I saw on Instagram that um, several members of the roster, including Cody Rhodes, Brandy Rhodes, uh, Tony Schiavone, uh, Ten, what, what's his real name? Preston Vance, Doctor Trey. Yeah, Preston, Preston or Cody Vance. Um, they and then members of the staff at AEW took Negative One Brody Lee Jr. to Walt Disney World, took his mom and his. Uh, his younger brother, two-year-old uh, brother, uh, I believe two or three, to Walt Disney World for his birthday. And uh, it's just phenomenal. I mean, there's not enough nice things I can say about what AEW is doing. And I don't think AEW is doing this to be like, yeah, go post this on Instagram and show them how great of an organization that we are. Um, the tribute show, the things that they're doing behind the scenes, the fact that they kept that news quiet for two months, it seems like um, – from everything that we're hearing right now, that Brody Lee was in in horrific shape from about Halloween until his passing. And this was kept quiet throughout the entire organization. People that knew it wasn't released to the dirt sheets. Thank God it wasn't released to the dirt sheets. It, I mean, it just it, – it's something that you don't see nowadays, Dr. Trey, is just people being kind and having that um, family element to a large group organization or employment. And that's what we saw with AEW over these last several weeks with uh, Brody Lee and his family. The Brody Lee tribute show, absolutely beautiful. The things that they've done for his family, incredible. Uh, I can't say enough nice things for what AEW has done uh, in honor and tribute of Brody Lee, Dr. Trey. Yeah, it's 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 been surreal in a lot of ways because as most of the fans of the show know, like I, I'm friends with 10 and 5 of the Dark Order, Preston Vance and Alan Angels, and you know, something like this where Brody was sick for so long, you, you know, typically something like this does get out. And, you know, it shocked everybody here and locally in our area. And, you know, credit those guys for not kind of leaking out what was going on. But, you know, you see the Instagram posts, you see all the stuff going on with all the stuff they're doing for, for negative one, uh, Brody Lee Jr., the, the contract that they had him sign that as soon as he turns 18, he's under AEW contract, like all this stuff that go away. And I, you know, in 95% of social media has been positive about this. I mean, there's always going to be those trolls out there that do dumb stuff just because they're unhappy in their everyday lives. So they just want to dump on everybody else. But 
it, it really is a beautiful thing. We live in a society now where, you know, you can get on on the internet and any day pull up a story about, you know, somebody battling cancer and the company's firing them so they don't have to pay out insurance benefits. And here's, you know, a startup by, you know, a billionaire, um, but still kind of a startup business only a year, year and a half into its its run going out of their way to take care of one of their own. And it's, it's a really uplifting, positive story in, in a time where, you know, we're coming on the heels of you know, arguably the, the worst year in the, in, in the world and, you know, since, you know, the 19, early 1900s, maybe going all the way back to the bubonic plague days. I mean, it's just been a horrible year and, and 2021 hasn't kicked off that great, but this has been one of those shining lights of, how, as a company, you are supposed to behave when you lose one of your own. You swaddle the rest of the family up in your arms and you reach out and take care of them the best you can uh, because they lost you know, their, their, their patriarch or their family, their, their, their provider. Uh, and, and a man of class and integrity, uh, and AEW has just done a brilliant job of taking that family into their arms and taking care of them. Yeah, and it seems very, very sincere. They're not doing it for the cameras, uh, even though the stuff has been leaked out and, and shown, uh, whether it be the tribute show that we knew about or the amazing things that they're doing behind the scenes for the family. The uh, Huber family is just absolutely fantastic and uh, just newfound respect even more for the company and the organization of what they're doing right now. Uh, the show was absolutely beautiful. Uh, it was fantastic tribute that they did there from AEW. I, I know because we haven't been able to talk about it because we've been away for the holidays. Uh, I know WWE caught flack. I saw Brian Myers of Impact Wrestling, former WWE superstar Kurt Hawkins, gave WWE some crap for not doing anything the first Monday back. Um, I think that was the like the show on the 28th, I, I want to say, of December. And it, it, it turns out, that according to reports, that WWE wanted AEW to, to have the first tribute. Um, for John Huber Brody Lee. And then on that, I think it was like that Thursday morning on all their digital channels, WWE, after AW's uh, tribute to Brody Lee, they started sharing um, uh, stuff on YouTube and on their website, Twitter, of wrestlers talking about John Huber Brody Lee. There's been some great stuff on the network that I have not had an opportunity to take a look at yet. Um, I know there's like a best of, of Luke Harper up on the network where a lot of people are speaking about him. The New Day uh, Feel the Power podcast has. Uh, it has Cesaro, Tyler Breeze, and Eric Rowan, who were very close, obviously, with Brody Lee. And they do an entire 90 minutes tribute to Brody Lee, which will be incredible to watch. So I, I think the thing that I've learned from this, Dr. Trey, ultimately, is uh, it's nice to see professional wrestling. There's so many different uh, lines and paradigms. That name is being thrown out a lot. Or that phrase is being thrown out a lot right now with the whole Impact Wrestling, AEW storyline stuff where these companies don't really play well in the sandbox. And if you're a wrestling fan, you, you can't really like WWE or che and cheer on AEW. You can't cheer on NXT and AEW at the same time. You, you just can't cheer for professional wrestling. I think what we've learned is while maybe some fans think like that, the professional wrestlers themselves don't think like that. And while there is certainly competition, ultimately still it is a community, as John Moxley said at the Brody Lee tribute that uh, kicked off this week's edition of the podcast. Uh, it, it was really cool to see. It really was, ultimately. It's it's obviously heartbreaking to see what has happened with Brody Lee, but um, his passing. But if there's any good that comes out of it is is just how much of an amazing person he was and how much this has kind of brought uh, the wrestling landscape all together. Yeah, it, it, it sucks that it takes a tragedy like this to kind of bring everything, because we really haven't had this you know, anything like this happened, um, you know, in, in a long time where it was two competing companies, you know, like when Eddie passed or, you know, Eddie, you know, any of the other people passed, there really wasn't a strong number two company going, you know, um, I really came and think, you know, during the end of the WCW run, if there was anything like this that happened, you know, so for me, it's kind of like the first, I mean, and it was so fresh because Brody was just there. You know, in WWE, you know, not that long ago, and then made the jump to AEW, obviously, and you know, so it wasn't like it was somebody who had been away from the WWE umbrella for years and years and years. It, he was just recently there, and you know, 
I, I saw the Brian Myers tweet, and at, at first I, I was kind of on his side about it, and then I was like, you know, WWE had so many wrestlers that night tweeting about go watch the Brody Lee tribute show, go watch AEW, or what a beautiful show, like as it was going on, glowing reviews of how AEW was handling it, and at any point, you know, WWE could have, you know, reprimanded or shut down the Twitter accounts or anything like that. And they did because they knew it was the right thing to do to let AEW have have their moment uh, since, since Brody was on their roster and then, you know, let them be the supplement to it. So I, I think WWE handled it as well as they possibly could at that time, um, you know, because it's, it's one of those tricky navigational things. You Like, how do you handle it? And there's no playbook in you know, just like we talked about when the pandemic era of wrestling started, you know, there was no playbook. You were kind of flying by the seat of your pants trying to see how it goes. And in this instance, it's kind of the same thing. We haven't had a situation like this arise. And I think everybody handled it as well as they possibly could. So I, I, kudos to, to both brands, uh, on to me, for me, for me at least, on how they handled it. Yeah, and just wrestling as a whole. It's important to yeah. really have perspective, ultimately. It's, uh, you know... We, if anything that we could learn from 2020, how much of a shitty year it was, is that you look into life for the rest of your life uh, with a, bit, a little bit of perspective. Things that we enjoy, professional wrestling. Um, none of us, after the month of March, not many of us, I should say, got an opportunity to go to a WWE AEW show uh, at all. There, there was certainly independence that are around the country that are still operating right now, thankfully, but it, it wasn't the same. Our lives changed. And I think, you know, once we get that opportunity again to go sit out at an AEW WWE show, kind of soak it in a little bit more because as well, as we've learned in 2020, you know, some things can be taken away from you, things that you take for granted. And I think that's ultimately it is we shouldn't be taking things for granted. I, I know I look at things differently now uh, after this past year and, and with the passing of Brody Lee and, and just the way that the, uh, the wrestling community as a whole operated that, um, it's okay to, and this is how we've always operated here on the show. It's okay to be critical of the things that you watch. Um, but ultimately too, you could be a fan of everything. I watch AEW, I watch impact wrestling. I watch WWE every single week and all their channels. And I'm a fan of all their products and I'm very happy in that stance. And I would highly suggest that if you're somebody that's like, Nope, I, I hate WWE. But I love AEW. I can't watch WWE because I, I love AEW. Um, kind of rethink that. Just enjoy professional wrestling. Enjoy the entertainment form that you you know and love because uh, you never know when it could go away uh, ever again. Uh, moving forward here, Dr. Trey, and going overseas, let's go to Japan for this next What We Missed news item. Kotobushi wins the IWGP Heavyweight and Intercontinental Championship by defeating Tetsuya Naito on night one of Wrestle Kingdom 15 on January the 4th. And then goes on to defeat Jay White, more on him in a bit, on night two. At the conclusion of night two at Wrestle Kingdom 15, Sanada challenges Ibushi to a future match after defeating Evil earlier that night. We have a new IWGP Heavyweight Champion defeating Naito in night one, retains the championship over Jay White in night two. This is one of those things, Dr. Trey, that I feel like has been a long time coming, that wrestling fans have been waiting for for some time. They finally executed on it. Kota Ibushi is the new IWGP Heavyweight Champion. Yeah, it, it it does kind of feel like it's been a long time coming, but uh, one thing that New Japan does, maybe better than anybody else, is let people have that slow climb now to the top. Uh, you know, you look at, you know, Okada didn't get pushed right to the top of the car when he came back from the States. You know, you look at guys like Kenta's been back now for almost two years. He's not at the very top of the car. He's, you know, upper upper mid-card, borderline pushing for it. Um, you know, Naito, um, Tanahashi, like all these guys had to kind of earn their stripes to get to the top of the card. Um, and Ibushi's been that, you know, quote, it's maybe a pun that golden child of new Japan for the better part of the last, you know, six, seven years. And it just kind of feels like this is like the natural progression. Um, and, and new Japan also is very good at kind of timing of, I don't want to say the passing of their torches, but you know, maybe they feel like Okada's kind of on the downswing and we need that new guy to kind of step up uh, and, and take the mantle. And I kind of feel like this is that time where they're ushering in that new era uh, of what they want their company to become. So 
congrats to them for how they handled everything. Abushi being on top, and and it is a really funny thing though. Also, when we, when we tie in, you know, Impact and in, in AEW, that you know, one of Kenny Omega's best friends is on top of the on top of the roster at New Japan. So uh, maybe my uh, early prediction of maybe New Japan getting embroiled, entangled in all this. Uh, isn't that far-fetched? Yeah, I would be very, very open to seeing that. I, I feel like that's one of those foregone conclusions as well, that uh, at some point New Japan and AEW will probably work with one another. It, it's a little bit weird because you hear them say uh, like they don't need one another, but it would just be something that really helps elevate AEW's game. Like if they have Kazuchika, Kazuchika Okada and or, or Koto Ibushi or Naito on a Dynamite, I mean, that's going to be must-see television for, for wrestling fans. Uh, I do feel like New Japan's kind of lost a little bit of their foothold in the United States now, losing the Access Television deal last year. Uh, I certainly didn't follow up with them as much as possible. COVID-19, they were shut down from February till about July, uh, I want to say. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it's it been a rough year for New Japan. Hopefully this is the right foot forward with Kota Ibushi. I feel like this is how it was going to ultimately end up following last year's Wrestle Kingdom anyway with Ibushi standing on top of, uh, of the New Japan world. Would have figured it actually would have taken place against... Okada, but um, it, it's fine as it is, and we'll see where Kotobushi goes from here now. He's finally got the ball in his court and has an opportunity to uh, run with it being the uh, the ace of New Japan right now. It's 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 so strange that WWE had him under his umbrella, their umbrella, for a brief period of time with the Cruiserweight Classic. Uh, he also appeared at an NXT TakeOver backstage with uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. I think it was uh, NXT TakeOver Brooklyn too. And I remember that because I was there. Uh, so they had their opportunity to sign him, and they didn't. But I think Ibushi made the right play here, second with New Japan. Uh, and now he's the new IWGP heavyweight and intercontinental champion. Uh, also, what we missed here, Dr. Trey, I don't know if you predicted this match. If you did, uh, shame on you. We were yelling and screaming about this a couple months ago. Uh, you go back pre-COVID-19, Super Showdown. It was one of the most depressing shows we've ever done in the history of the Stellar Real Toast show. And uh, now, once again, he is challenging for a championship as Goldberg came out at the end of Raw's Legend Night to challenge Drew McIntyre to a WWE Championship match at the Royal Rumble. Uh, we were talking about Goldberg recently because there were rumors he was going to face Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 37. All I ask is, why, why, why? Why are we doing this again? I kind of get the storyline because he's never won the WWE Championship, that being Goldberg. Uh, I don't mind seeing Goldberg in in these matches. I don't want to see him in title matches. And I am now fearful that in two weeks' time, three weeks' time, we're talking about WWE champion Bill Goldberg heading into WrestleMania season, which to me, this day and age, big no-no when there's so much good competition coming from AEW presently and even Impact Wrestling presently as well. Um, Dr. Trey, thoughts here. Why are we doing this again? Why is Bill Goldberg contending for world championships in 2021? Wait, so you're not looking forward to Goldberg Lesnar at WrestleMania for the WWE Championship? Oh, my God, yes, please. Sign me up three (laughs) times. Let's do it. It's the trilogy that we never knew we wanted. WrestleMania 20, WrestleMania 34, and then WrestleMania 37. Let's do it. Yeah, and you get Stone Cold back out there as a special guest referee, and then he gets to do a podcast with those guys afterwards. I mean, this is all (laughs) how you book WWE in 2021. You bring back guys from 96, and you, you bundle them all together, but... You know, you're right. Like, I honestly have no idea why we're going down this route. Um, I, there's there there wasn't a clamoring for Goldberg. There, I mean, maybe they go in. Hey, you know, we let Sting go back. You know, let Sting leave. He went to AEW. The crowd seemed to like it. Is Bill on speed dial still? Can we get him on the phone? Maybe we could do something with him and Drew. Like, I, I like the whole storyline. You know, originally when he was saying that Drew disrespected the legends, I, I didn't get. And, you know, I, I get chasing after this one belt. But at the same time, it's one of those things where, once again, Drew is a, a, a baby face that is pretty much universally loved. And you're still positioning Goldberg as a baby face. I, I don't see what the upside in this is. I mean, to me, the Goldberg legacy has been. I don't. I don't know if "tainted" is the right word, but it doesn't have. It, it obviously doesn't have the mystique that it once had. So I don't see what the end game is here. Like, how does this benefit Drew McIntyre? If you're trying to build this brand around Drew McIntyre, how does a title match with Goldberg help you at all in this process? Unless you're trying to get to Goldberg Fiend rematch at WrestleMania 
to make guys like me and Jeff happy when Fiend wins in 13 seconds. Yeah. So what do you... I don't know how to go about this. I, I like Bill Goldberg. I do. I think yeah. it's great that he's come back and kind of like ended his wrestling career uh, in the right way because at that point it was very bitter and it just did not end well whatsoever his time in WWE. But it's uh, like I thought the Lesnar match at Survivor Series a couple of years ago was really cool. I thought that was, you know, we did not see it coming. It was, that was fun. We talked about it on the show. It was fun. And then him getting a championship run with, with Kevin Owens, defeating Kevin Owens was not fun. Uh, but we saw that was expected. Him defeating the Fiend, like that was expected, but we did not want it to happen, and then it did, and it was just awful. I mean, he's had some really bad matches with Undertaker, the match with the Fiend uh, over at Super Showdown. He, he His match with um, Braun Strowman at WrestleMania wasn't anything to write home about. We know what we're going to get with, with Bill Goldberg. At best, you're going to get 10 minutes tops, and it's, it's not going to be the most um, technical match ever, but you know, bring him out for, I don't know, have him face Lars Sullivan or something, right? Have him face Braun Strowman again, non-title match. Have him face Omis. I, I don't know, but I don't want to see him in world title matches with, like, the guy. And then, like you said, the way that they positioned it was, and I know according to reports, the timing was off at the end of the show. Like, they had needed to get it out and, and close out quick. But he comes out. No ad lib whatsoever, like did not X out any of his lines. He's like, I know that you were talking crap about the legends and Drew McIntyre didn't even speak, didn't say a thing, just grabbed the mic, was about to say something. And then the music hit. It was, it came off very awkward. Um, I, I didn't get it. I don't know why Bill Goldberg would come out and, and uh, attack Drew McIntyre, who is beloved, a baby face. I, I, did not get on get the understanding whatsoever. Like, just come out and say, I've never won the WWE Championship before. That is the one thing eluding my career. I want to face you at Royal Rumble. The setup of it, the the week prior, very bad. The w- What they did now, and, and w- even with McIntyre being out with COVID-19, uh, just to formulate it as he's never won the championship is enough for me. Uh, I don't want to see the match, but at least there's some reason behind it. Dr. Trey, I, where do you stand on this? Like, are you are you a Bill Goldberg fan? Like, do you like Bill Goldberg as a wrestling fan? Uh, or do you get annoyed that he keeps coming back for more? See, I, I, I've always kind of liked Goldberg because even when, you know, people knock him for his run in WWE, say he wasn't really a wrestler. Like, that's fine. He, he's an inter- his, his gimmick was he was shocking off, you know, but he he was really one of the first guys that kind of, melded some of the MMA stuff into pro wrestling on a mainstream level. Uh, so I always liked Goldberg, but to me right now, the guys like Goldberg, guys like the Lesnar, they should be positioned more like what Taker's positioned as, where he's not challenging for those title shots. You know, Taker wasn't challenging for belts at WrestleMania, you know, but you get that cocky, arrogant heel or that cocky monster or whatever that fans really want to see get their ass kicked. And that's where Goldberg comes in. Or when you have that baby face who's kind of climbing the mountain and they need that one more big obstacle to get over, that's where a Lesnar comes in. You know, to me, putting Goldberg in the ring with McIntyre deflates the run of McIntyre because you're going to have those fans who are in their 40s and 50s who still love Goldberg and want to see Goldberg whoop, you know, McIntyre's ass for some reason. It, it, it splits your audience's allegiance in a lot of ways, and then you're kind of cooling the flames and heading into WrestleMania season. I think this is the one time of the year that you don't want to cool somebody's flame heading in because you, you're only four months out from WrestleMania. You want your top guys to be as hot as possible. So once again, I go back to what's the upside? If Goldberg wins, how does that help WWE? And if McIntyre wins... Well, it, it's it's really not helping Drew other than you can say he goes into a select company of people that have beat both Lesnar and Goldberg. And maybe that's the angle you run with heading into WrestleMania. I don't, I don't really know. It's strange. It's all around strange. It's uh, yeah, like Goldberg, the person like Goldberg, the wrestler. I just don't want to see him in this in this spot anymore. It's I, I don't get it. And this is those things where the crowd of people that say WWE doesn't get it. Like, you can't blame him. I mean, right now, when your two title matches are Bill Goldberg versus Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns versus Adam Pearce, for one of the biggest pay-per-views of the year, it's a bit of a head-scratcher right now. I I have more... 
I have more skepticism and optimism, Dr. Trey, with the Roman Reigns stuff right now because I've enjoyed that storyline. But Goldberg coming back, I could do without. And to see him face against Drew McIntyre is just bad. I mean, what what do, what do you put in the percentage chance right now that McIntyre leaves Royal Rumble not as the WWE champion anymore? Uh, I would – it depends. Like to me, I, I was saying earlier, like – if I'm booking it, I, I still have Drew McIntyre like 75%, Goldberg 25%. But given what Randy Orton was doing at or at Legends Night, you know, mocking the like it was really Randy Orton mocking the Legends, threatening the Legends, everything else. Uh, I, I, I maybe Goldberg wins and we get Orton Goldberg at WrestleMania. Oh God, what are you doing you know? to me? What are you <laughs> exactly. doing? I'm just trying to think of like their, the way they're going with it because to me that would have made a lot more sense. Like I love the Alexa Bliss Randy Orton stuff right now, but if it had been Orton Ring and Goldberg came out and said, "Hey, I saw what you did all night. If you want to pick on somebody, come pick on me." All right, cool. That story then makes sense. But to go Goldberg McIntyre right now, when I don't know where they came up with this, I, I, I don't know where it came from, I don't know what their end game is, but. It's WWE, and maybe 70% of the time they hit out of the park, but those 30%, man, those 30% ones are really, really bad. I think I read that uh, Goldberg did an interview where he's like two matches a year for WWE, so this is obviously one of them for you mathematicians out there. The second one would be, to me, WrestleMania, and this is what I'm fearful of, right? I don't know <laughs> what type of prediction I would go with if – Goldberg were to lose a Royal Rumble. Like, where do you book him next for WrestleMania? Does he just do a one-on-one -on -one match, no title on the line with Lesnar? Do we do that song and dance again for the trilogy? Like, I don't know how you position Bill Goldberg or how WWE positions Bill Goldberg going into WrestleMania without a championship. Goldberg against all of Retribution. <laughs> and that's how you kill off Retribution, though. Okay. It seems like WWE's been wanting to do that for weeks and months anyway, so. And they haven't figured out how to do it yet. That's the crazy part. It's like, <clears throat> we don't know how to get rid of the stable that we haphazardly formed together, but uh, maybe we just have Goldberg, like, spear. Like, we, we had that a little bit when Fiend got drafted to Raw, and Fiend took out all of Retribution in one night, and then they kind of, like, cockroaches came back into the building somehow, but. But yeah, like really, like you're right. Like to me, when you look at the roster, you go, okay, well, who are your top heels, and you know who can Goldberg work with? And it's like, all right, well, there's Randy, but maybe he's tied up with Edge. You know, going forward towards WrestleMania season, uh, you know, it's like, who else do you have as a top heel on on that brand right now that you could buy into a storyline? I mean, Goldberg Elias, Goldberg. I mean. Do you, I mean, I love AJ Styles, but do you want to see Goldberg and AJ? No, like, I, but AJ could get a lot out of him, I guess. AJ could carry him because AJ sells his ass off, and then you have the almost factor outside, or almost, or almost, or almost. I don't know what his name is. Uh, but, you know, it's just like, where do you slot him in? And the fact that AJ's been kind of feud with Elias makes me want to think that maybe AJ, like maybe one of those two guys is turning baby. Like, I just don't know where you fit Goldberg into the mix against the top heel from Raw when I don't really think outside of, like I said, outside of Randy and AJ, there really isn't a top heel right now. It's uh, it's bizarre. It's And it's scary at the same time. It certainly is bizarre. It's certainly scary, uh, especially with the fact I mentioned before in just passing Drew McIntyre, WWE champion, testing positive for COVID-19. Hopefully he's doing all right. He came out on Monday, said he has no symptoms. Hopefully he's back soon. Uh, there's, it's affected different wrestlers differently, just like it has anybody else in the world. Hopefully he, he is healthy. Hopefully he's able to return soon, and hopefully he can wrestle at the Royal Rumble. Obviously a speedy recovery to the WWE champion, Drew McIntyre, right now. Uh, also moving along here with some things that we missed, the uh, the Bullet Club of Kenny Omega, Young Bucks, Gallus, and Anderson reuniting on AEW Dynamite a couple weeks ago. This past Wednesday night, the Elite was supposed to team up. But uh, Don Callis and Kenny Omega swerved them and had Gallus and Anderson take the spots of the Young Bucks. It looked like there was a reunion, but now it looks like they were uh, they were snuffed, Dr. Trey, by Gallus and Anderson and Kenny Omega. You know, it isn't too bizarre seeing Impact wrestlers wrestling on AEW television. I think it will be bizarre to see Kenny Omega wrestling in an Impact wrestling ring this coming Saturday. I, I don't... I don't know if the partnership has given us what we've wanted so far, but
But that that closing scene of the five of them doing the two suite from uh, New Year's Smash Night One, I thought was a very telling uh, closing scene, very historical closing scene for AW Dynamite. Then they kind of followed it up by uh, poo-pooing it and just showing that Kenny Omega is being a jerk to the Young Bucks. Uh, for no unknown reason right now. So uh, I guess we'll see this continue forward. But thoughts here. Very briefly, we saw the Bullet Club reunion, and then uh, it looked like it went away the next week on AW Dynamite with New Year's Smash Night 2. Yeah, and I think this is, you know, like you and I were talking about it you know, before the break, and I, you know, before our break, and I was like, I want this to be a slow burn, nine, you know, six-month, nine-month story. Like, I don't want, I mean... Yeah, we live in a society where I want what I want right now, but I really want them to keep teasing this. I really want them to play with this and, and, and run this thing out until you get the big payoff at the end. And I think that's kind of the approach they're taking. I mean, it is, uh, on one hand, it's kind of odd to see Gallows and Anderson in AEW, but then it's like, well, it's not really that odd because they haven't been in Impact that long. Uh, you know, True. it's 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 weird seeing... It is weird seeing Kenny Omega at Impact, but you know most of the time we've seen him just in, you know, it, it'll be weird seeing him at Hard to Kill, uh, seeing him in the backstage vignettes or the you know the, the stuff like that. Still not that weird, but when we actually get to see him in the ring with Rich Swan going, you know, with with you know um, the Motor City Machine Guns and, and the Good Brothers at their each other's sides, like that's going to be a little bit weird. And it's going to be to me, it's like well. I don't know if we have somebody who is, you know, AEW through and through outside of maybe Kenny and Cody and, and the Bucks to a degree. But, you know, K- Cody's been an impact. The Bucks have been an impact. So there's not really that, like, shock factor when I see them there because I've seen them in that place before. It's, they don't have that, like, home run guy. Like, if John Cena showed up in Impact or John Cena showed up in AEW, he'd be blown away because that's a lifer coming to these new co- these new places in a sense. Um I mean, John Moxley showing up on Impact to go to take to chase down after Kenny that that would be shocking off, you know. Or trying to think of, and once again, even with Impact with that with their roster shakeup, nobody there is really like an A or an Impact lifer anymore. Eddie Edwards, if Eddie Edwards showed up at AEW, would that you know shocking off? Because I just don't think he has the clout that some of your guys have. So. I mean, I like this tie-in because to me, it almost feels like this is AEW's second show, or you know, in a sense, Impact's using AEW. So I kind of like the tie-in because they are helping elevate each other this time because it is increase, you know, increasing intrigue. You know, that scene was shocking. I mean, it was one of those cool things and it got everybody talking. And then the next week, and this has been the path: you get the little high and then you dip it back down. Then you get the little high again and you dip it back down. That's how you do a slow burn story is you have to peak interest, cool it back down, peak interest again. It's, it's that pressure cooker. You feel it kind of coming up, coming up, coming up, and then eventually it blows off. I think they're doing a good job by spreading this out long term. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing Hard to Kill. I'm, I'm interested to see where this partnership continues to go. I, I don't know if it's met expectations, personal expectations of this so far, Dr. Trey. But I think a lot of that has to do with the holidays as well, and and it's it's like always been weird programming in general for professional wrestling around the holidays. Um, so we'll have to see where things go here with the Bullet Club reunion, how it carries over on AW Dynamite, and if it also carries up over on Impact Wrestling and Hard to Kill, uh, specifically this Saturday. Uh, lastly, before we actually preview and predict Impact Wrestling Hard to Kill, the first pay per view of 2021 that we will be predicting, uh, WWE is reportedly making a play for New Japan. Pro Wrestling's Jay White, Dr. Trey. Jay White, at the conclusion of his match at Wrestle Kingdom 15, night two, his loss to Kota Ibushi, said in the press conference he was going to be going away for a while. Um, a lot of people were saying that this means that Jay White could be on his way out of New Japan. Some folks are putting it at a 50-50 chance. Uh, reportedly, when AW reached out to Jay, to Jay White to see if he would want to join them, uh, he stated that he had a six- or seven-year contract. Now, I don't know what's going on with his contract in New Japan, but there's also been reports out there that folks behind the scenes in WWE, I think names that I saw specifically, Shinsuke Nakamura, Cesaro, and even Daniel Bryan, are vouching for Jay White to be signed. Going back to last year's preview special and my bold predictions, I mentioned that I thought Jay White was going to be signed by WWE 
being NXT and being the NXT Championship title picture. Um, I think Jay White is the biggest free agent. If he is to be a free agent available in all pro wrestling right now, I'm a big Jay White believer. I think the moment he gets over to the United States, whether it be at Impact Wrestling, whether it be at AEW, or even in WWE, I think he is. you give it like a two- to three-year time span, and he's going to be a megasar. Um, he, to me, is is a prodigy in the business. I, I'm, I have a big stock. Uh, if, I was, if he was a stock, I'd be buying Jay White right now as being one of the next big things in professional wrestling. Um, Dr. Trey, your thoughts here. WWE reportedly making a play at Jay White here. Is he WWE bound or is he New Japan staying? Uh, I, I, to me, I think he's New. I mean, I think he's NXT bound. You know, WWE bound. Um, I was just trying to think of like where do you put him? You know, because is Jay White one of the top free agent wrestlers in the world if he is indeed a free agent? Absolutely. Does you know David you know Cl- you know David Clowney who lives in Paducah, Kentucky, know who Jay White is? Probably not. So then, where do you slot him in? You know, because you can't rush him to the main roster because maybe he doesn't have the main appeal or main name value that you look for. But could you stick Jay White in NXT UK for a while, let him get comfortable in WWE and do it that way? Absolutely. And that's what things you and I have talked about. They don't really have, outside of Walter, somebody that just goes, oh, I have to see that guy. Jay White could fill that spot. Uh could Jay White then pop out, you know, move over to NXT, you know, come in with NXT and start a few with Pete Dunn? Absolutely. So there are a couple spots where you can slot him in. It would make a ton of sense because it would increase his name value within WWE fandom, uh, comfort level, everything else. Uh, to me, it just makes a lot more sense for him to come to WWE than AEW where, yeah, he has some ties to the Bullet Club, but I think his, his closeness is with a lot more of the guys already in WWE. Dr. Trey, where do you uh, where do you stand on this? Right, I just said that I think Jay White's a prodigy. I think he's the next big thing in professional wrestling. Do you buy into that hype as well? Or where do you sit on the uh, the Jay White hype level? Uh, with Jay White, I think Jay White is one of those guys where if he's comfortable in a place, he's fantastic. If he's comfortable in his role, he's fantastic. I've noticed though that kind of when they shuffle the deck a little bit, that he kind of struggles whenever they change roles. Like, you know, when he took over the Bullet Club at first, it, it was a struggle at first. He wasn't catching as fire as he was maybe we you know, when he was kind of an underling, you know, in the Bullet Club. Uh, but then once he got comfortable in that role, he really took off. That, that's kind of he needs that comfort level so he can gain his confidence and know that he belongs there. So. To me, like he has all the tools. I just think that sometimes he kind of gets in his own head until he feels comfortable, and then he kind of blows up again. All right, chime in. Your thoughts here. Jay White, WWE bound, possibly. Maybe AEW bound? United States bound. Where do you sit on Jay White as uh, his name is being floated around with multiple rumors of potentially coming here to the United States uh, to wrestle full-time in 2021? Uh, before we close up shop on this week's edition of the show, let's get a couple of uh, preview predictions out of the way. Dr. Trey, Impact Wrestling Hard to Kill will be this Saturday. It's headlined with an AEW World Champion being in the same ring as the Impact Wrestling World Champion. Let's start with the pre-show match. Brian Myers taking on Josh Alexander. I'm going to go with Josh Alexander in this one. Uh, I'm going to go with Brian Myers because even though I know Karate Man is a free agent, I just... I don't know if they know what to do with Josh Alexander yet, and uh, Brian Myers was on a roll for a while, so I'll take Brian Myers in in kind of an upset because I think they have more money invested in him than they do Josh right now. Uh, next match here is an intergender tag team match. Rosemary and Crazy Steve will be taking on Tanel Dashwood and Caleb with a K. I'm going to go with Tanel Dashwood and Caleb with a K. Uh, yeah, I think they'll they'll be underhanded sneakiness will lead them to a victory. Although I do love seeing. Rosemary and Steve back together because Decay was one of my favorite favorite acts in in pro wrestling when they were on top. Uh, but I'll take Tenille because Tenille hasn't had that big win yet, uh, and she kind of needs that win if they're going to start moving her back up the women's roster. So I'll take Tenille and Caleb with a K. Next match here is the Karate Man taking on Ethan Page. His name has been flown around in free agent rumors. Maybe WWE bound, maybe AW bound, maybe just sticking with Impact Wrestling. This could be a swan song for one of the most talented wrestlers, in my opinion. Uh, in all the professional wrestling right now would be just as a massive get as Jay White would be 
should a company sign him, I'm going to go in, in Ethan Page. I'm going to go with the Karate Man defeating all eagle Ethan Page. Um. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> is this what is this? Because I thought Karate Man was Ethan Page, so I'm a little confused here. So they're do, they're doing of, a Karate Man versus Ethan Page match. Well, I'm saying, but is it isn't this my Bray Wyatt versus the Fiend? This this is it. Him? Yeah, this is finally happening with the people you least expected. Oh man! I, so so is Impact listening to our show? It's stealing my ideas. <laughs> now? I don't know. I will take uh, Karate Man uh, getting the win. Uh, because Ethan Page is his song song. So if Karate Man gets the win, it's kind of burying Ethan Page. So that that makes sense. You, you want to bury the guy if he's leaving. So Next, uh, yeah. Karate Man wins. Next match here is a barbed wire massacre match between Eddie Edwards and Sammy Callahan. I'm going to go with Eddie Edwards. Yeah, I'll take Eddie as well. Usually the baby face in these in ultimate matches, the baby face gets the win, so I'll take Eddie as well. Next match here is Eric Young, Diener, and Joe Doring taking on Cousin Jake, Rhino, and Tommy Dreamer in an old school's old school rules match. I'm going to go with Eric Young, Diener, and Joe Doring. Is Joe Doring not the weirdest looking dude? Like, it does not look like he fits in with anybody in pro wrestling. He looks like somebody found Sam Houston. He's, and, he's and, like a throwback, though, right? I thought you'd love that. <laughs> I never really liked the straight up slint, like the, like because they they bill him as like this big strong dude. I'm like, yeah, in like 1985 he would have been a big strong dude, but like we got way bigger guys right now. But uh, the other thing is Tommy Dreamer never wins these old school matches ever. Like he always loses them. So I'll take Eric Young, Dieter, and Joe Doring as well. Uh, next match here is for the Impact Knockouts Championship. Deanna Peraza defense against Ty Valkyrie. I'm going to go with Deanna Peraza retaining. Uh, so is Johnny Bravo dead? I don't know where, you know, he's alive. He's, he's out. He's walking around. He just hasn't been on television lately. That's what I'm wondering. Like, is this where Johnny Bravo pops back up and costs Taya the belt? So, uh, or the cost her shot. So I'm taking Deanna as well. Uh, cause Johnny has to come back cause they have to get Larry D out of jail. That's true. Lawrence D Larry D in jail still. Um, uh, manic still. Wait, by the way, the, my favorite part of this is uh, you know, me and Larry D are actually friends. Um, Larry's still working at IWA Mid-South, so I, I messed up and said, so does, do you get a work release program to do the independence and you can just stay in jail for impact? Is that how it works? And so we kind of laughed about it, but he's like, yeah, basically. that's I, he's, It's work release to go to IWA Mid-South. Yeah, it's, 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 he's, he's a talented guy, so it's cool to see him involved in the storyline in Impact Wrestling. Yeah. Uh, next match here is for the Impact X Division Championship. Manic defense against Chris Bay and Rohit Raju. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Manic def, uh, retaining. Um, guys, this is hard one because I, I I like the Manic gimmick right now. I'm gonna take Rohit because I, I actually do like Rohit. Rohit's on top, so I will take Rohit Raju to uh, re- regain the X Division. He's that uh, slimy character that seems to get like you know gets like Miz, you know, nine Intercontinental Title reigns. Like that's Rohit for the X Division, I think. I'd be down with that. I like Rahit Raju right now as well. Uh, next match is for the Vacant Impact Knockouts Tag Team Championship. Havoc and Nevaeh take on Kiera Hogan and Tasha Steeles in the tournament final. I'm going to go with Kiera Hogan and Tasha Steeles. I think they're some of the most talented female workers uh, in the company right now. Really enjoy their stuff. Uh, I think they're talented, but there was talk that Kiera's contract's coming up soon. Um so that makes me kind of a little bit leery, but it's Impact Wrestling. And what do they do when somebody's contrast coming up? They give you a belt. So I'll take Kiera uh, and Steeles as well to, to win the Knockouts Women Tag Championships. All right. Then the next match here is AEW World Champion Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers taking on Impact World Champion Rich Swan and the Motor City Machine Guns. Uh, I'm going to go with Kenny Omega and Impact Tag Team Champions, the Good Brothers, to get the victory here, Dr. Trey. I am going to go with Rich Swan and the Motion Machine Guns getting the win by disqualification because you can't have the Impact Champion lose in the main event of an Impact pay-per-view to the AEW World Champion. So I'll go with uh, with with Swan and the, the Guns winning by DQ. Uh, that is our first pay-per-view that we have previewed and predicted. We'll check it out on next week's show, how our predictions came about as we give you the uh, results and recap impact wrestling hard to kill are you looking forward to the saturday show dr trey i am and mainly because like you and i we like impact but we're not as maybe in depth with impact as you know like we maybe we could be but because our picks with, with impact are like we're 
like we do AEW, we do WWE. You and I, 85, 90% of the time, agree on the picks. When it comes to Impact, you and I are like 50-50. Like, we're all over the place when it comes to predicting this thing. So I'm looking forward to it because this is uh, kind of the, the, the salvo shot for where uh, Impact and AEW go going forward with this kind of crossover stuff. Yeah, it's a big show to kick off the year. Big opportunity for Impact Wrestling this Saturday. And uh, hopefully they hit out of the park because they've been doing a really great job uh, towards the uh, most of uh, 2020. Very happy with that product and watching each and every week. Uh, with that said, let's get a couple plugs and sponsors out of the way. You can download the show every Thursday at thebowershow.com, WrestleChatNet on Twitter, and the Still Real Does Show iTunes feed. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to help us find the charts on iTunes. You can follow us individually on Twitter for myself at SRTU Jeff and for Dr. Trey Franklin at the Dr. Trey. And of course, don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at SRTU Podcast. With that being said, what is going on in the wonderful world of Dr. Trey Franklin this week? Well, like Jeff said, you can follow me on Twitter at the Dr. Trey. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram, Dr. Trey Franklin. Uh, when you're on Facebook, check out Rocket City Championship Wrestling. We just had our Rocket City Rumble, <clears throat> excuse me, two weeks ago, um, and then we have our next show coming up this Saturday. Uh, one of the names for you guys to keep in the ear up for is that we had a young man from Pittsburgh that's been coming in and working our shows. A guy by the name of Spencer Slade. Keeping out, he's he's kind of from that Pittsburgh area. Models himself after Kurt Angle. Fantastic. Bill, former amateur wrestler, uh, actually getting an NXT tryout, I believe, next week. So he's one of those names to watch. Just like I try to tell you guys, Rocket City, you start seeing our guys pop up on other shows. Benjamin Carter's now in NXT UK. Like I said, Alan Angel's in AEW. We've got a lot of uh, Rocket City alumni uh, making their way up to bigger stages. Brian Pillman Jr. in AEW right now. So uh, Rocket City's going to kind of with that launching pad for uh, the next generation of talent. Yeah, Ben Carter is phenomenal. If you've not yeah. seen him yet in NXT UK, really good wrestler. And I think the sky's limits for him as well moving forward. So great show. Great to be back covering everything that we missed. Uh, thank you for downloading this week's edition of the show and making us part of your week. So until next week, for Dr. Trey Franklin, I'm Jeff Pack. This is the Still Real Toast Show. school spirit the fun just getting started to the max this is gonna be awesome saved by the bell new season streaming now let's do this baby only on peacock whatever you're funny peacock's got it exclusively stream classic sitcoms like the office parks and recreation and two and a half men plus catch peacock original comedies like ap bio and saved by the bell for all your exclusive comedy phase go to peacock tv.com and get started